How do we meet the demand? I know with UBCO and, and all the other things we have here, the demand is pretty high for, for housing. Are there any upcoming projects regarding rental properties? Is there anything the city's working on now? We've been a victim of our own success and we're seeing the demand reflected in the housing prices. Housing in Kelowna is ranked as the fourth most expensive in Canada. Can you just give us an idea as to why the prices are increasing? What's the city's role and, and how do you see the landscape right now? Sarah Gouda and Jim Check from the Now Media Group ask questions, explore topics, and shine a light on the conversations that matter. We're here today with City Manager Doug Kilchrist, who's been with the city for 18 years. Doug, welcome, and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Doug. Thanks for coming back, and I haven't talked to you in a while. I guess what we want to talk to you about today is rental housing in Kelowna and how do we meet the demand. I know with UBCO and, and all the other things we have here, the demand is pretty high for, for housing. What's the city's role and, and how do you see the landscape right now? Yeah, I think there's a, an important role uh, for the city, but it's really the collective that builds the, builds the community, including the you know, development industry, construction industry. And I, we really look at it as a partnership uh, to see that kind of thing develop to the needs of our growing and uh, fast-paced community. Um, yeah, the landscape right now is is difficult but positive, if I can put it that way, in that you know we still have a low vacancy rate and high rents, but we also have a lot on the docket that's coming to market, which hopefully will help alleviate that, um, probably more so than we've seen in a very long time, actually, when it comes to uh, purpose-built rental facility, uh, product. Is there incentives that, that are provided to developers to do rental housing? We do. We do have a few uh, incentive programs. Uh, one of them is uh, tax relief for purpose-built rental for up to 10 years. Um, so that's a fairly significant one on a per-door basis. It really makes a difference. Um, and we also have a grant program so where uh, developers can apply to the city. Uh, we have a pool of money that they can apply to um, receive um, offsets to the development cost charges, uh, which also helps on a per-door basis as well. Is there certain areas of the city that need more rental? housing than others? Is that UBCO one of those, those I imagine? But is there other areas that kind of need more rental housing? Uh, yeah, UBC kind of has a good mix of on-campus, off-campus ownership, where sometimes uh, parents of students would buy a condo and then allow their their child to use it during their, um, during their time at UBC. So that's kind of an interesting investment and uh, uh, housing model. And then there's some, some rental that gets built as well in that area. You know, one other way to service UBC well is having good transportation connections uh, up to UBC. So transit, multimodal, um, you know, bikeways and pathways and things like that. So we're trying to hit it on all fronts for UBC being such an important and big institution. Um, and the same with Okanagan College, a little more closely situated to, you know, good housing opportunities around there. Um, so, yeah, those two institutions do drive some of our need for rental product, um, but it's certainly not the only the only need. You guys just finished up the OCP, I take it, for, and that looks forward to 2040? Correct. And, and what's in there that kind of like people can look towards on, on rental or even housing? Yeah, so this OCP um, had a number of kind of key themes to it, but the equity of housing, you know, trying to find a way to have housing for all in our community and really acknowledging the full spectrum of need, you know, right from supportive and subsidized housing, where we do partnerships with the likes of BC Housing and the nonprofit, all the way through to um, single family residential 
housing and uh, the whole gamut in between. So we tried to make sure that we didn't miss any components of that spectrum in, in this OCP. So you'll see more th things more like uh, row housing, uh, allowances for carriage houses uh, on a more uh, a little easier basis. Um, suites in all residential homes we did quite some time ago and we've kept that in place. Um, so trying to really, you know, the people talk about the missing middle, trying to hit that marketplace a little bit more and make sure that we have a full spectrum of, of housing availability in our city. And what are some impediments to people accessing rental housing, like shortage of land, high demand of supply situation? Yeah, I mean, we always have a land constraint here. We have over 45%, I think it is uh, now, that uh, of our land base is in the agricultural land reserve. So, you know, that's a, a challenge. We have a limited land base and then the, the, with the lake and the mountains. Um, so there is pressure on land. So I think a part of our job is to try and intensify the land we do have available for housing and see it built to its maximum capacity or, or high capacity um, and then get creative. Um, you know, we had uh, an infill strategy we did about, I'm going to say about four years, four or five years ago now, where we pre-zoned a bunch of land for a, a design that was uh, went through a competition process for infill housing mm -hmm. and that the, the winning designs uh, don't need to go through a um, as rigorous a council process. They're kind of, I'll call it pre-approved. So uh, we're going to do round two of that, a second iteration of that infill challenge and come up with some more infill designs that we can fast track to market and uh, get more intensification without disrupting the neighborhoods or changing them too dramatically. So in, in the case of the previous infill challenge, it was four units on, on the single family, traditional single family lots that we had, had identified, about 700 of them in the city. Uh, we pre-approved those and we pre-approved the designs or pre-zoned them and pre-approved the designs and um, you know huge absorption uh, in the marketplace and really without changing the character of the neighborhoods too dramatically but now quadruple the number of units on those lots and are there any upcoming projects regarding rental properties is there anything the city's working on now yeah there's some really significant um, uh, market-based rental that, that's coming online uh, i think of the old hiawatha mobile home park there and campground um, that has hundreds and hundreds of units. It's all intended to be rental and it's under construction today. Um, the old RCMP building, uh, actually going to a public hearing next week for rezoning. And uh, that has, that's all envisioned to be rental product. Um, the old Art Nap, for those of, the, those of who know that area of Kelowna, uh, that's a, a 200 rental units, I believe. So yeah, there's quite a number of uh, projects that are coming forward that are going to help with our supply over the next, let's call it three to five years. What is the demand when you guys did the OCP? What do you think the, what's the demand going to be? What's the population growth looking like? Well, we're envisioning uh, the need for about 25,000 units to 2040. Now, that's not all rental. It doesn't differentiate between units uh, uh, under ownership versus rental. We didn't go to that fine grain in the OCP. Now, we do in the housing strategy start to look at housing types and uh, ownership forms. Um, so within the something called the healthy housing strategy, it identifies about 400 a year that need to come online. And right now, uh, we're doing pretty well in recent years. In the last uh, five to six years, we've seen more purpose-built rental either approved or under construction than we've seen in the last 30 years. So we're on a pretty good trajectory to have good rental uh, accommodations in our city. And we're seeing lots of density downtown. We're seeing a lot of the lands with a 
cityscape changing downtown, is that going to help too? Or a lot of those people buying homes to live in them? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, the secondary rental market, uh, so those people who own and rent out um, as an investment, uh, does uh, increase or, or give us a significant amount of supply in Kelowna. That's an important piece. We have about, I want to say, 15,000 uh, rental units in the city. And uh, the amount of um, investment property that people are renting out is, a, is an important component of that. Speculation tax, has that helped get more rentals into the market? <laughs> a hot button, eh? Yeah, yeah, I've got a kind of mixed feelings on the on the speculation tax. Um, and that's probably a bit of another discussion. But no, I wouldn't say it, is, it has helped right. a whole lot, to be honest. Isn't it more like squeezing toothpaste when you squeeze one area and it just kind of moves into other areas? Well, there are peripheral impacts of things like the speculation tax and people who would otherwise invest here might, uh, might invest somewhere that doesn't have a spec tax. Like Lake Country or... Exactly. Um, and there's other um, things like the sharing economy and Airbnb that have also had an impact on what perhaps used to be long-term rentals. Uh, we did a, a bit of an analysis, of, I want to say about a year and a half ago, that identified upwards of 2,000 um, Airbnb or, or overnight accommodation units in Kelowna that a good chunk of those would have taken away from our long-term rental supply. So now we're in, in an area where we're managing that better and um, uh, charging for it and they're, they're paying the, um, the, the tax on it and those types of things. So yeah, we have to respond and react to some of these things you may not be able to forecast. And housing in Kelowna is ranked as the fourth most expensive in Canada. Can, I, can you just give us an idea as to why the prices are increasing and why it's so different here from other states and cities? Yeah, there's lots of different theories on this one. I don't think there's anyone that you can identify as being uh, 100% correct. Um, to, in my opinion, I think to some degree we're a victim of our own success. You know, we've, been, we've, been, we've promoted well, we've developed well. Uh, we have some really important uh, pillars of a growing, uh, vibrant city with our airport, our hospital, um, the tech sector, universities. It's just an incredibly desirable place to live. And um, as a result, we're growing one of the fastest uh, census metropolitan areas in the country. And uh, I think that's only going to continue. So we've, um, we've been a victim of our own success and we're seeing the demand uh, reflected in housing prices. Some of the older lots, like in, in Rutland especially, in different areas of the older parts of Kelowna, have large lots, and I, and I imagine you guys are doing that and allowing the carriage homes and all that stuff. Is there, like in certain areas, that's being allowed, or is that is that kind of going to happen everywhere? Well, we, we want to see intensification in our urban centers. So we have five urban centers, and what we're now calling the urban core, or we have been calling it for a while, but the urban core, so along the the high traffic uh, transportation corridors where we have transit and hopefully in the future much more multimodal transportation. So intensifying those areas of our city uh, will allow people to get around um, maybe at lower cost means by using transit and walking and cycling and so on. So it helps with the sustainability measures as well as affordability measures. So where do you see that developers could do more? I mean, that's probably a tough question, but is there something they could do more? Well, I think our development community is doing a great job uh, here and, and working really well with the city. We had They were highly engaged during the OCP. Um, and, of course, anytime there's change or a shift in direction, it's not always popular. But I think uh, there's mutual respect between our construction industry or development industry and uh, the city team. 
And I think that that teamwork goes a long way. We are a, a city that prides ourselves on um, having a, those types of relationships that maybe other cities don't. And also trying to bring things to market as quickly as possible. You know, supply is an issue uh, across Canada, uh, North America wide, in fact, supply is an issue. And part of, we play an important role in supply in getting things to market as quickly as possible and removing that red tape. And uh, we're trying to do that, uh, that here for sure. The most vulnerable community in, in Kelowna, I know that you guys work with BC Housing. How's that going? How, how many units have we put into, into the market from, from that aspect? Yeah, the BC Housing relationship um, with the city here, I would argue is probably as good or better than any city in, in the province. And we've done projects going back personally since 2005 and continue to. You know, this is this is a bit of a go-to city for BC Housing because they know they can get things into the marketplace fairly quickly and without a lot of hurdles. Um, I drove by two today under construction and I know there's more uh, in the works. So that's kind of that end of the spectrum that I was talking about that, you know, we can't let our foot off the gas. That part's import, very important as well as the uh, the market housing and the low end of market rental. Do we have a number or a percentage that that's at? Yeah, I don't, I don't offhand. I know we tend to get at least one uh, project or two uh, every year with BC Housing that we're either working on or gets approved. The, the one on Bertram, which is a 20-story tower downtown off of Bernard Avenue, uh, is a big endeavor for BC Housing and will provide a lot of great um, market and, and low-end-of-market rental there. Um, and then there's a subsidized one right downtown that's at the framing stage. Um, and they opened the doors on uh, another project. I think it's on um, just off of Richter earlier in 2021. So pretty active space right now and lots happening on that front. Is that funding all through BC Housing or is that jointly with the city? Uh, at times, the city's a, a land partner where we would contribute land and use that to leverage uh, BC Housing to do projects here and invest in our community. So some of them are partnership projects and there's often a third party at the table as well. You know, it could be the Society of Hope or other operators that um, BC Housing works with on a on a regular basis. We've covered off as far as rental housing goes. Um, the the rental market here, I think, you know, it's exciting to see so much rental being built right now, and whether that's um, you know some of our incentives uh, coming into play. Uh, or just the marketplace. It, it's exciting to see it happen. It's definitely necessary. In order for us to hit that 400 unit per year mark, we need uh, a buoyant economy and we need a development community that uh, maintains an interest in building it. And then whatever uh, policies and incentives we can put in place to help that along, we'll continue to do that. So I think it's good to see the trajectory we're on for rental um, because we know that uh, as overall ownership prices continue to rise, more and more people are going to need to turn to rental as their primary accommodation, perhaps for, for quite a long time. Is there something that the government, well, obviously provincial or federal, to help young people when they're first out there in, in, in a rental market such as this, where they can have a credit or something on their tax returns? Yeah, I know there's some of those types of things being explored uh, provincially and certainly internationally. Uh, people are, because this anomaly of, of housing prices and Lack of availability of accommodation is not unique to Cologne. It's not unique to Canada. Uh, and people are looking at some fairly radical uh, policy shifts around uh, international ownership, you know, extinguishing that in some countries, um, removing some of the processes for approval entirely uh, in some places. So, yeah, there's some fairly radical policy shifts being discussed right now. 
And, you know, Kelowna's always been a leader on this front. We've had housing strategies going back as far as I've been at the city and longer. And uh, we'll continue to push the envelope. And if there's new policy change, uh, you know, we'll be the first to jump on it. And you said earlier that transportation is a big component when we talk about rental housing, because most of those people are looking for access to cheaper transportation as well. So I imagine that's that's key as well as building that transportation um, infrastructure up. Absolutely. Um, and you'll see, you know, we have construction of multimodal transportation going on in our city all year long. Uh, road network improvements, safety improvements, and more recently, uh, uh, a big impetus in investing in our transit in a bigger way. So council is uh, just in the process of adopting a new uh, transportation master plan that was built in concert with the OCP. And that transportation master plan recognizes the need for uh, significantly enhanced transit uh, to help those those folks who uh, um, hold car car ownership uh, uh, in all aspects is a big part of their monthly budget, and we need to try and reduce that impact if we can. I SkyTrain from downtown to the airport in UBCO. Well, I don't know about a SkyTrain, but certainly I have a, a keen interest in seeing maybe during my tenure in this seat. Uh, an alternate mode of some description, whether that's autonomous minibuses or something to that effect that goes along that rail corridor that we bought. Uh, I would love to see that that happen. And I think it has a hallmark um, kind of pillars there with the, the international airport and the university and, and a growing downtown. I think some of the pieces are there for that to actually take hold in, in the future. That was a key piece, that rail trail, I think. like That's a beautiful link all the way up to, to Vernon, I guess. You bet. And long term, you know, the connection to then a growing industrial park in our north end, we know that's going to be a key employment hub for the region uh, long term. And then uh, reality is some of our bedroom communities like Lake Country and Vernon, uh, they, those people will be employed in Kelowna and uh, they need to be able to transit between our communities in an efficient and hopefully low cost way. Well, thank you for your time, Doug. Thank you for, your thank time, you for sharing. Doug. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. That's the end of today's conversation. If you have any topics that you'd like to have featured, please email Sarah Gouda at sgouda at nowmediagroup.ca. That's S-G-O-U-D-A at nowmediagroup.ca.